At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Back here on The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R, or all of us on the network at VSIN Live. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll continue the football conversation with Ben Brown from PFF. The latest in the NFL, according to Pro Football Talk, the Cleveland Browns are preparing, and uh, it's, I love how it's worded here. The Browns quietly brace for an eight-game Deshaun Watson suspension. And uh, what it means is, quote, as uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk writes, per a league source, the Browns are privately bracing for an eight-game suspension of Watson. Uh, It means that the team is just trying to come to a conclusion because we've been waiting on this decision from Judge Robinson to find out how long Watson is going to miss. And I've long said, the more this drags on, I think the less games we're going to see the suspension be. I don't think this takes this long, and then they come back with a year suspension. Because the reason why, if they do that, there's going to be an appeal. And then the process drags on even further. And that's the last thing that the league wants. They want this resolved. The Cleveland Browns want this resolved. Deshaun Watson wants this resolved. And so the longer this takes, the less games I think it's going to be. And because it's going to have to be a number that Watson's willing to accept and that there's no appeal and that from an NFL perspective, they're not going to appeal anything unless it's zero games, which it's not going to be. But the NFL wants to show that this process works, that bringing in the independent disciplinary officer to hear both sides, this process works, right? Everyone was so upset that Roger Goodell was the judge, jury, and executioner. And so now under the new CBA, they go through this whole new process. You bring in the independent judge. The NFL is going to want to back her and say, good ruling, we support you. So whatever this outcome is going to be, I I don't think it's a year. I think it's going to be eight games. 
I really do. I think half a season is the way to go here. And so if he's out eight of the 17 games this season, do the Cleveland Browns trust Jacoby Brissett to be the guy for those first eight games? Or do they go out there and try and acquire someone else? And I'm not saying it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, who's obviously the big name that's out there. Jimmy G, by the way, according to reports, will be fully cleared in mid-August from his uh, off-season shoulder surgery. So if you're a team out there that wants to acquire Jimmy G, you know that he's going to be ready to uh, participate in mid-August. It might um, hurt him for a chance to start week one if he's going to come in and compete. But if you're comfortable with what Jimmy G brings to the table, he's healthy, he's good to go mid-August, he plays a couple of preseason games or doesn't play in the preseason, just you know works out and practices and then gets ready to go for week one, eh, then Jimmy could be your starting quarterback. But as far as the Browns are concerned, I'm not saying it's going to be Jimmy G that you can bring in. There is a report out there that the Browns could bring in someone like a Cam Newton. And I don't know if that means that Cam would start or if Cam would be the backup, but that's a name that is floated around the internet for the Cleveland Browns. Because again, Do they want to go for the first eight games with Jacoby Brissett, or do they want to pursue a different option that gives them a better chance to win? Because knowing that you get Deshaun Watson back for the second half of the season, it's got to give you, it's got to give you a good feeling that you can compete for a playoff spot. Looking at the Browns' schedule, the first eight games of the season, Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals. The next nine games, Dolphins, winnable. At the Bills, tough game. Home to the Bucks, tough game. At the Texans, easy win. At the Bengals, winnable. Home to the Ravens, winnable. Tough division game. Home to the Saints, winnable. At the Commanders, you're going to win. At the Steelers, you're going to win. So we're talking about one, two, let's say three, four, five, six, seven wins out of the nine is a possibility. Maybe, all right, conservatively, you want to say six. All right, so six wins out of the final nine games with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback. And if we get the Deshaun Watson that we saw a couple of years ago, right? Because he hasn't played in a year. But let's say they win six out of those nine games. Well, then to make the playoffs, you really just got to win maybe three of your first eight, four of your first eight. You'd be in a great position, not just to make the playoffs, but to win your division if you win four of the first eight. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals. Maybe you can win four. Maybe you can go four and four with Jacoby Brissett. 
Or maybe you bring in somebody else that gives you a better chance to win and maybe go better than 4-4. Four and four. And then when Watson comes back and starts for you, there's not as much pressure to win six or seven of those nine games. You can win maybe five of them. Go five and four down the stretch and be a playoff team if you get off to a good start. So that's the latest with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Again, according to reports, the team is quietly preparing for an eight-game suspension, and I think eight is the right number. I think that's what you're going to get from this Judge Robinson. We haven't heard yet. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting on a ruling, but finally, I think when it comes down to it, it's not going to be a year because they don't want to go through the whole Watson and NFLPA appeal process, and it's not going to be less than eight games because I think that undermines the NFL. So I think eight is the compromise Half a season, no appeals on either side, and both sides, both sides, excuse me, move forward. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Looking at the odds currently for that AFC North. You have the Ravens as the favorite to win the division at plus 160. The Bengals, your defending AFC champions, are plus 190. The Cleveland Browns are plus 275. And if you look at the rosters on these teams and it was just, you know, forget about, really, forget about the quarterbacks. And I know it's so hard because the quarterback is the most important player on the team, right? But forget about the quarterback here for a second because maybe, you know, it could be um, Deshaun Watson, it could be Jacoby Brissett, it could be anybody. But if you just looked at the rosters, you could make the argument that the Browns have the best roster. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, two-headed running back at running, two-headed uh, monster at running back. Amari Cooper, your lead wide receiver. David Njoku, a decent offensive line. Jack Conklin. Uh, Jedrick Wills, the youngster. And then on defense, Miles Garrett, Davian Clowney, Denzel Ward, Newsom, Ravens, J.K. Dobbins, all right, coming back from injury. But then who's their wide receivers? Their number one is Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay. I mean, their number one wide receivers are tight end Mark Andrews. And then defensively, Calais Campbell, okay. Kyle, they drafted Kyle Hamilton, lofty expectations for him. And yeah, you still got Marlon Humphrey, I get it. Marcus Peters as well. And then the Bengals, you know, probably maybe the Bengals. From an offensive perspective, certainly. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, right? Hayden Hurst now is there. On defense, maybe a little bit to be, resi- uh, to, a little bit to be desired. But I think if Watson plays nine games... This Browns team can absolutely make the playoffs and not just make the playoffs, but at plus 275 to win the division, if it's nine games that he plays and looking at the schedule with those nine games, I think they can win six of them. And you're telling me if I get Jacoby Brissett to go four and four, I'm a 10-win team? 
10 wins wins this division. I don't necessarily hate a plus 275 sprinkle if it's only eight games for Deshaun Watson. Coming up next, we'll get thoughts on the rosters and more from Ben Brown from PFF. will join me. We'll continue the football conversation. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll take a look also at the uh, futures market as well in the NFL coming up. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, right here on VSIN. It's the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now to continue the football conversation is Benjamin Brown from PFF. And Ben, I uh, just got done talking about the Deshaun Watson situation. The Pro Football Talk report says that the Bengals, uh, excuse me, the Browns are preparing for an eight-game suspension and Let's just say, I think eight is a good number. I think that's what it's going to be the longer this thing plays out. I don't think it's going to be a year, and it certainly is not going to be anything less really than that. So if he is out the first eight games of the year and he comes back and he plays the final nine games, is it still a possibility for the Browns to win enough games to make the playoffs? I would say uh, that they have, if he if it is eight games, I am definitely on board with them not coming anywhere close to in the AFC North. Can they sneak into a playoff spot? I do think that depends heavily on uh, how well the AFC West actually performs. Teams like, you know, Denver and to a lesser extent Los Angeles, because if those teams kind of start off 
as well as everyone kind of anticipates. Uh, the Browns are going to be behind the eight ball quite a bit here, even given the fact that, you know, their first five games uh, leading up to that match against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are very, very winnable matchups, right? I do think, you know, you're looking at it, obviously, uh, week one against Carolina, week two against the Jets, week three against the Steelers, week four against the Falcons. They need to win all four of those games. If they actually do that, they can definitely be relevant with an eight-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, but I don't think that they're going to be uh, finished well enough in, through those first eight games to actually be able to compete for the AFC North. So I still think it's a long shot. I still think fading them is probably the correct uh, approach, but I do think that you know eight games seems like where we're going to end up right now, and I do think that's you know probably uh, a pretty decent outcome from the Cleveland Browns' perspective. Yeah, of course, considering they have the bye in Week Nine, and you can get Deshaun Watson ready to start at Miami in week 10, and I just look at the schedule in in those final nine games. They're going to pick up three wins against Pittsburgh, Washington, and Houston. So that's three wins right there. If they could somehow get three more wins out of the remaining six games, and you win six of your last nine games, it right. this, this is a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, they're sitting there basically. Yeah, yeah, they're they're right there at ten and seven. Basically, they can get in at that point. Uh, I do think it's going to take eleven wins to win the AFC North, and mm. if not twelve, so uh, maybe that's the reason why uh, I don't think that they can compete for the actual division crown. But uh, they do seem like. Uh, it's it's still a gamble, right? It's still going to be uh, a lot of things still need to break right for them. Uh, they do need to beat Pittsburgh in week three uh, at home. I do think that's going to probably be uh, maybe the determining factor if they actually get into the playoffs or not, from my perspective. Um, I'm looking at the 49ers, and a lot of people are in love with this team, and I get it, right? Good coaching, you know, good overall roster, right? Great production last season from a number of places, but I maybe it's just me. I don't. I'm I'm not sold on Trey Lance, Ben. And I right. I look at this team and, and I'm looking at them and possibly trying to maybe fade them. The no on the 49ers to make the playoffs is plus 175. I don't necessarily hate that bet. Right, definitely. And I do think everyone's basically pricing in uh, this high upside type outcome for Trey Lance, right? Everyone kind of knows at least what we're going to get if Jimmy Garoppolo ends up being the starter at quarterback. I don't think that's going to happen, obviously, but there doesn't really seem to be any downside risk associated with Trey Lance potentially starting for this team. And I do think that uh, bookmakers were at least hesitant to offer up uh, no prices for the San Francisco 49ers to miss the playoffs without certainty at the quarterback position. We have finally kind of seen them offer that particular market, but but I'm with you quite a bit. Obviously, really difficult division outside of Seattle. Uh, I'm kind of a believer in the Arizona Cardinals as well, so I've probably been actively fading San Francisco more so in buying into Arizona uh, than trying to fade anything on that perspective. But I do think that you know Debo Samuel's play last year Although it was really solid, that was probably at the top end of his range. And I do think that expecting all these things to kind of come together and Trey Lance to perform at a really high level is asking a lot, even from a Kyle Shanahan-led offense. So I'm with you. I do think the 49ers are a fade. I do think the Cardinals are probably the team that I want to buy into in the NFC West. Uh, and to a lesser extent, the LA Rams kind of re- not necessarily repeating as Super Bowl champions, but at least uh, you know probably running away with that division when it's all said and done. A team that I'm extremely high on is the Minnesota Vikings. You get pretty much the even bet right here, minus 110 both ways on the yes-no for them to make the playoffs. Uh, I also think uh, here at William Hill, I saw over three and a half division wins 
at plus money, I think is just incredible because I think they'll sweep both the Bears and the Lions. Uh, and right. they might even get a win against the Packers. So I love this Vikings team, and I don't. I, I think I might do a plus two sixty five on them to win the the NFC North. Yeah, definitely. I definitely don't hate it whatsoever. I do. I do think there is a lot of opportunities uh, if you are bullish on the Minnesota Vikings to potentially hit some maybe even longer shot bets. I do like them kind of to win uh, the NFC North. I also think Kevin O'Connell makes a ton of sense as a coach of the year candidate at you know twenty to one odds, basically because yeah. you know they didn't really improve. Uh, you know, the the core of their team whatsoever this offseason, right? And I do think you got really good statistical seasons from both, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson last year, and they still missed the playoffs, right? And they still weren't anywhere close to living up to expectation. And without bringing in any new guys outside of Kevin O'Connell, if they do kind of at least get back to probably running good in uh, close close scoring games, basically one score type games, which they've played in a lot of, if they actually land on the positive side variants of that, uh, Kevin O'Connell is going to get a ton of credit for that. And I do think that's the way that they kind of get into, uh, you know, the playoffs, win the NFC North and those sorts of things. I do think that kind of falling into place does add up with Kevin O'Connell winning coach of the year in his first year. So I like it. I'm bullish on it. I do think there's a number of ways of playing it, but uh, I think that backing them you know to win the division or like you said uh getting over that 3.5 wins because i don't think people understand how bad this chicago bears team is actually going to be when it's all said and done yeah i think the bears under six and a half wins is a lock i just i i can't i can't find six wins or seven wins on this team's schedule but yeah the vikings i like that kevin uh, o'connell to win the um the the coach of the year at 20 to 1 because i do think it's correlated Vikings go and win this division, and I think O'Connell is going to be a great candidate. And we also see how these voters are kind of, uh, especially the market, what we saw last year, it's the new young hotshot coaches always get a lot of play in these markets, right? right? And and, and we saw that up until the point when Vrabel, you know, just took over with with what the Titans did last year. Speaking of the Titans, uh, what do you think about them this season? Obviously, the Colts... Probably the class of that division, but the Titans certainly uh, get, you know, Derrick Henry back healthy. And maybe this is the last run that we see out of Ryan Tannehill. What's the projection for the Titans? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm actually, uh, you know, not not actively uh, all that bullish on the Tennessee Titans. Like you said, Derrick Henry, he will be back. He will be healthy at least to start the season. But uh, given his age, kind of moving from that 28 years old to 29 years old, that is when we see uh, guys kind of fall off the cliff at the running back position. Right. We've seen it. Time and time again, uh, the best years are definitely behind Derrick Henry. So if this offense kind of has to, you know, revolve around him, which it does look like it has to with no A.J. Brown in the fold, breaking in some of these young wide receivers, Robert Woods coming back from an ACL tear midseason, a lot of things need to go right for them even to compete with the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC South Division. And I just don't think that, uh, you know, with Ryan Tannehill needing to shoulder more of the responsibility from this offense, especially, you know, given the high play action rate and those sorts of things, the the really cute quarterback-friendly environment that he's dealt in the last couple of years, I just don't expect to see, uh, you know, as close to a ceiling-type outcome from him in particular uh, in 2022, like we saw in 2021 or even in 2020. So I'm down on him. I don't think that they're going to be uh, anywhere close in competing with the Indianapolis Colts and I do think if you know you're looking at this type of division I do I would expect or want to bet on you know the Jacksonville Jaguars at their price uh, to probably finish second in that division more so than I would with the Tennessee Titans right now do you think there's a chance we see Malik Willis play this year for the Titans 
I actually do think there's a pretty decent chance that we see that. Obviously, it would be, you know, later on in the season. Not Maybe it's not necessarily because, you know, Ryan Tannehill is, you know, out with injury or anything like that. But I do think they want to at least understand or learn, especially if they're kind of out of the playoff race later on in the year. They want to know what they have in that in, in Malik Willis at quarterback, if he can actually be that guy or not. So I do think we're going to see at least them try and get some initial answers to that question by the end of the season in Tennessee. Yep, I like it. Ben, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Scott. Have a great show. There he is. Ben Brown from PFF does a tremendous job there breaking down all things of football. And he's with me on the Vikings, but that's a good angle to play it. Instead of the Vikings to win the division, how about Kevin O'Connell, coach of the year, 20-1 to 1 on the new Vikings head coach. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We have to continue our division breakdowns, uh, the previews and the previews in Major League Baseball. Tonight's division is the central, both the AL and the NL. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's continue our first half review of Major League Baseball as well as the second half preview. Uh, yesterday, we did both the NL East and the AL East. Tonight, let's do the Centrals, American League Central and the NL Central. We'll start in the AL Central, where in first place it is for now, and this is all we care about is for now, the Minnesota Twins. 50 and 44 is the record. They have a plus 28 run differential. Their preseason win total was 81 and a half. Their updated win total right now is 84 and a half. So a three-game increase from their preseason win total. And currently right now, if you're just looking up on um, Fangrass to see what their adjusted uh, win total is now, well, not adjusted, but their projected win total is for uh, this season, the standings right now, the projected standings for the Minnesota Twins has them at 84 and 78. So right at that 84 and a half number. In order for them to finish, though, 84 and 78, they have to play 500 baseball the rest of the season, 34 and 34 in their remaining 68 uh, games. But if you take a look now at their schedule for the second half, you see this is important. You want to know who they face in the second half in these series. Here's what the Twins have. They'll play... Uh, full series against, let's see, non-divisional opponents, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about here. Uh, San Diego, Toronto, the Dodgers, Angels, Rangers, Astros, Giants, Red Sox, Yankees. Oh, boy. 
Angels. I'll tell you what, that's a tough non-divisional schedule with those series against those teams. I actually think the under might be the play here. Again, Fangraphs has them projected to win 84 exactly, but I think I'd go under this 84.5 adjusted win total for the Minnesota Twins. Your second-place team in the division is the Cleveland Guardians, 46-44 and 44, with a run differential of plus 5. Uh, their preseason win total was at 76.5. Their updated win total, 81.5. So a five-game increase. Currently, the Guardians, 46-44. and 44. Fangraphs has them finishing 81-81. and 81. So it would be... Uh, right there at that 81 and a half win mark. So in order to finish 81 and 81, the Guardians have to go 35 and 37 the rest of the way. So if you're looking at the Guardians and their second half schedule, let's see who they play in their non-divisional series. Red Sox, Rays, Diamondbacks, Astros, Blue Jays, Padres, Mariners, Orioles, Mariners again, and where am I? Angels, Tampa. Uh, maybe you know what? Maybe it do go under. Maybe it isn't under thirty. So they would have to go thirty. What I say it was thirty-four and uh, thirty-five and thirty-seven. Yeah, you know maybe they play sub five hundred ball the rest of the way, and they do go under this win total. And then there's the White Sox. And I feel like everyone's just waiting for the White Sox to emerge. They have underperformed a lot. 46 and 46 on the year with a negative 14 run differential. Prior to the season, everyone was so bullish on this team. Their preseason win total was 91 and a half. Their updated win total right now is 85 and a half. Six games less than their preseason total. And the White Sox, who are 46 and 46, are projected to finish the year 82 and 80, according to Fangrass, which would be well under their 85 and a half adjusted win total. Taking a look at the White Sox now and their second half non-divisional series. They will play against the A wow, the A's and Rockies. Rangers, Astros, that's tough. Orioles, Diamondbacks, Mariners, A's, Rockies. Oh, boy. Padres. They're going over. I mean, this schedule's cake. This schedule's cake. Look at this. They have one, two, three, four, five. Five, let's see, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They have 11, 12, 13, 14. They have 14 games against the Rockies, A's, and Rockies, A's, and Diamondbacks. 14 games against a team with 40 wins, a team with 43 wins, and a team with 32 wins. They literally can go 14-0 and in those games. 
and then this and then you just got to handle your divisional matchups. But this is a cake non-divisional schedule for the White Sox. So I, I yeah, I, I kind of disagree with Fangraphs, and I, I think this is this team will they're they're projected thirty six and thirty four in the second half. It's going to be much better than that. They're, they're going to go over this win total. They're going to win this division probably. If you're just looking at that schedule. Well, let's continue looking at the division, though. Currently, the team that is in uh, fourth place is the Tigers, 37-35 and 35 with a negative 112 run differential. Before the season, the Tigers had a win total of 78.5. Their adjusted win total now, 10 games less, 68.5. Fangraphs has the Tigers projected to win... 68 games. In order to do that, they would finish the season 31 and 39, a 444 winning percentage, which is an increase from their 402 winning percentage that they're at right now. Taking a look at the uh, Tigers non-divisional series in the second half, Oakland, San Diego, Toronto, Tampa, Angels, Giants, Rangers, Mariners, Angels, Astros, Orioles, Mariners. Yeah, it's not that's not good for them. I'd probably go under the 68 and a half. Probably go under there. And finally, the bottom team in the division is the Kansas City Royals, who are 36 and 55, a negative 110 run differential prior to the season. The Royals had a win total projection of 74.5. Their updated win total right now is 66.5. So they are projected to be the last place team in this division. Royals uh, are projected, according to fan graphs, to go 68 and 94, which would go over that uh, updated win total here of 66.5. I think that you should go under. I agree with those projections from Fangraphs. The other thing that you have to take into account when you're looking at these uh, teams here is will there be a trade? And I think everyone across Major League Baseball kind of assumes that Andrew Benintendi will be on the move. And he's the best player right now on the Royals. Well, I guess, you know, you got Bobby Witt and, and Witt Merrifield and whatnot, but uh, I do think the Royals are a mess. I do think the Royals will end up trading Andrew Benintendi, and um, that's going to hurt their chances to win games. So I would go under on the Kansas City Royals uh, projection here. And what I say it was 66 and a half. Yeah, I think they'll probably finish with maybe like it's such a low number, but they could be they could finish with 62 wins. They could they could have 100 losses. They could be that bad. Uh, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Tanner McGrath from the Action Network. We'll continue the Major League Baseball conversation. And then coming up, we still have to get to the National League Central Division, which is really a two-team race right now between the Brewers and the Cardinals. You can always hit me up on Twitter, as I said, at Scott's On Air. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. Once again, coming up next, continuing the baseball talk, is going to be Tanner McGrath from the Action Network. Get his thoughts on the AL Central. And you know what? Yeah, maybe it is the White Sox division. 
This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. Joining us now as we continue the Major League Baseball conversation, Tanner McGrath from the Action Network joins us here on The Look Ahead. Tanner, what was your thoughts on uh, all the All-Star festivities, home run derby, Juan Soto winning, and the American League continuing their dominance here in the All-Star game? Super entertaining uh, All-Star weekend. I can't believe the American League pulled it out for a ninth straight year. Uh, I wish... Sandy Alcantara started the All-Star game, but I get it. Uh, had a lot of fun watching everything and excited for the second half. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the second half, I've been going through um, the, every day this week looking at each division and talking about the preseason win totals, where teams are compared to those, and what the adjusted win totals are. And a team that you know I was actually very against for the large part of this season I now am considering buying in on, and that's the Chicago White Sox. What's your thought on the White Sox and their second half projection? So this AL Central, it just feels like someone needs to step up and grab it, right? It's three teams scuffling around. They each have their own problems. For the White Sox, it's mostly been a mix of injuries and incompetent management. Um, I'll tell you what, my White Sox preseason under 93 and a half wins is my favorite bet I made this entire season, but... Outside of that, Lucas Giglio and Lancelin can't really get it together. Um, they've leaned on Dylan Cease and patched it together with Michael Kopech and Johnny Cueto. Luckily, they've got that three-headed bullpen monster of Liam Hendricks, Reynaldo Lopez, and Kendall Graveman. But if you're looking for any value in this division, you have to look at Chicago's way. Um, Fangraph still projects the White Sox to take this division down. Baseball prospectuses, Dakota projections, sorry, has them neck and neck with the Twins. Uh, they also have the easiest remaining strength of schedule. Um 
their opponents the rest of the season have just a 466 win percentage. Minnesota and Cleveland are both at 495. Plus, they get seven more games against the A's, while Minnesota and Cleveland get none for the rest of the season. The strike price is a little tough for me. Um, I actually have a Twins 6-1 to ticket that I'm holding on to for dear life. But I am looking their way at about 125 on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah, I was looking. Yeah, they have 14 games in the second half against (laughs) the A's, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. They could literally go 14-0 in those 14 games. So uh, just looking at the schedule alone makes me uh, interested in the White Sox in that division. What about in the National League Central? It's obviously a two-team race. Who, in your mind, pulls away? Is it the Cardinals or is it the Brewers? I'm, yeah, it's a two-team race. I don't really know. I'm, I'm a little confused at how the Brewers' price went from minus 165 in the preseason to now minus 220. It's really neck and neck. Um, the Cardinals do have the advantage. They have 40-plus runs in the run differential column, plus 65, plus 25. But that's mostly because the Cardinals are a big-time offense, while the Brewers rely on their pitching and have the most league-average offense I've ever seen. Eight guys in the regular nine-man lineup for the Brewers have an OPS plus between 101 and 115, 103 WRC plus overall. What's interesting, I think, is the Cardinals are up around minus 140 to make the playoffs, and they're at like plus 110 to not, plus 115 on BetMGM. Their projections to make the playoffs are about 50%, but they're stuck in that crazy wild card race with uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco, and they feature an aging roster that could break down. If you really believe in the Brewers to take this division, the Cardinals are projected at just 15% to win that wild card race. Um, on the upside, the bullpen has been the big surprise in St. Louis, but the cards are 10 in re- 10th in reliever ERA while being 20th in reliever XFIP. The walks haven't been a problem, which I thought they were going to be, but I still think regression is coming. If you're looking for any volume between those top two, I would look at the Cardinals to not make the division at plus 115. Interesting. Um, what up to, you said Cardinals maybe to not make the playoffs at all. Oh, yeah, not make the playoffs. Yeah, me. that's wow. That's interesting because, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of teams that are all jumbled together in that National League wild card race. Speaking of wild cards, well, I want to go back to the American League here because you got two of the hottest teams in baseball. Uh, entering the second half in the Baltimore Orioles and the uh, Seattle Mariners, who have won 14 straight games. If you had to pick, do none of them make the playoffs? Does one of them make the playoffs? Do both of them get wild cards? What's your outlook on both the Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles? I It's low. I usually look to fade teams like coming off these huge win streaks they're going to be overvalued especially in the next maybe 10 to 15 games or so the mariners have more upside um obviously that's a great young team all around if robbie ray could get it together the sky is the limit but i don't see any projected value in either of those teams because they have to compete with the three other ales teams right boston uh tampa bay and toronto that wild card race is going to be almost impossible to project um in the end Higher on the Mariners, lower on the Orioles, no projected value. What about the awards market? Anybody that you're looking to invest in now at the All-Star break? Yeah, I have one guy I like in particular, actually. Um, I think the Red Sox might have some value overall as a team. Mm -hmm. Um, They make the playoffs, if you think. The rotation is starting to get healthy again with Evaldi and Whitlock coming back. They won't have Chris Sale, which, you know, is tough. But they didn't need him before that when they got hot in June. 
But the one guy you can always depend on is Raphael Devers, and he's still plus 2,300 at FanDuel to win the AL MVP right now, which I think this is a ridiculous line. He's been the best hitter in baseball. You can't pitch to him because he hits everything. Um, They call him big scoops, and he absolutely golfed two balls from below his knees off Garrett Cole in that Yankees game a couple weeks ago. Both went over the fence. It's just impossible to pitch to him. He leads the AL in hits. He's third in doubles. He's one base behind Judge for the total basis lead, and he's 0.1 behind Judge in the uh, Fangraphs war race. It feels like the AL MVP race has become this two-man race between Otani and Judge, but Devers has been every bit the hitter that Judge has, and I don't think the price represents the same probability that Judge has. Plus, Otani has been credible on the mound. I think he actually has some AL Cy Young value, but his bat hasn't been all that good, and the Angels are downright horrific. It, it just feels so disrespectful for Rafael Devers in this market. I would agree with you there. I mean, the guy that I'm just on is Jordan Alvarez. He's got to come back, obviously. He can't stay out, but uh, you just look at his OPS slugging, you know, his home runs right there behind Judge. And, and, and the thing that I love about Jordan Alvarez, this guy don't strike out. He's got like 50 less strikeouts than Aaron Judge. So <laughs> he is just such a pure hitter and uh, hard to believe that um, he, he was on the Dodgers and they could have kept him uh, yeah. if they, you know, they didn't need a relief pitcher that we don't even remember anymore. Anyway, uh, what about any other awards market that you're buying in on right now? Yeah, one other guy I like is um, Carlos Rodon to NL Cy Young. He's at 20 to run right, twenty to 1 right now at points bet. Um, I say this with the caveat that I am the biggest Sandy Alcantara fan in the world. I have a 40 to 1 ticket on him from the preseason. I think he genuinely will win the award. Yep. Um, but I still don't get this line. He, Rodon is currently listed behind Burns, Musgrove, Gonsolin, Freed, and Wheeler, despite having county stats that are similar and accumulating way more war. In fact, he's the only pitcher who holds a candle in terms of war to Alcantara. Sandy has 4.0, Rodon has 3.8. Rodon's expected ERA and XFIP are also both lower than Musgrove and Gonsolin, and those other guys might see more progression than Rodon will in the long term. Rodon had a slip-up in the middle of the first half, um, but since, over his last seven starts now, it's a 1.57 ERA, a 1.53 FIP. 56 strikeouts and 46 innings. He's going to keep rolling, and he has too much value to pass up at 20 to 1. You see, I wish his case, and and also I feel there's a lot of players in a lot of these markets, I wish they would open up a market for second place, right? Because if you're thinking, like, who are the writers going to vote that's going to finish second place in the Cy Young voting, it could very easily be Rodon, because you're right. No one's beating Sandy Alcantara right now. That goes nine innings every time, and he's just completely unhittable. And same thing in the American League. With all due respect to Justin Verlander and even Shohei Otani, Shane McClanahan has been so lights out. The one guy that I think has a chance, 10-1 to Dylan Cease, who is in the midst of a 10-game stretch right now that I don't think anybody has duplicated so far this season with the exception of Sandy Alcantara. Mm-hmm. That would be the guy 10 to one, but yeah, imagine you can bet on who's going to finish in second place. Well then, yeah, I'd take, you know, take that 20 something to one and give me 10 to one, cut the odds in half and I'll take him to finish in second place. Tanner, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll do it again soon. Hey, thank you so much, Scott. Have a great show. There he is. Tanner McGrath from the Action Network joining us. Talk a little major league baseball. He likes Carlos Rodon, possible long shot to win the uh, NL Cy Young, and Rafael Devers, long shot to win the American League Most Valuable Player. And he's on the Chicago White Sox in the AL Central. And the Cardinals to miss the playoffs, which I think would shock some. But, yeah, you get a little bit of plus money value on that play. 
We'll continue uh, taking a look at the Central Divisions and so much more. Coming up, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 